Well, good evening. Would you stand with us? Oh, come, all you faithful. Oh, come, all ye welcome him right now. Would you do that? Thank you. You may be seated. Tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock. The tricky clock tick-tocking, each painfully long minute unlocking. The tumbly, jumbly, can't close your eyes feeling. What will it be? When will it be? Oh, the anticipation, the watching, the wishing and waiting to let the wiggles and giggles and goosebumps go. To find, to see, to finally know. What will it be? When will it be? Oh, the expectation, the what-ifs, the oh-mys fairly shaking, longing for this night's joy all year, that moment of hope so very near. Oh, but would they, could they, imagine a gift so great, a gift that compelled the whole world to wait? When a heavenly Father gave all mankind his Son, the one love divine. 
The magic of Christmas is more brilliant, you see, than a bag or a box tucked under a tree. The true love of Christmas really began when Holy God became Holy Man. Joseph, it's time. He's here. Tonight is the night. Tonight we light the final candle in the center of the Advent wreath. This is the Christ candle. Tonight we celebrate the birth of our Savior. The Bible says that in the fullness of time, God sent his Son. At the right time, on the right night, and in the right year, Jesus our Savior was born. God, the Creator, became flesh and lived among us. He came, came to, to save. save us. For four weeks now, we have watched each candle being lit. Each week, the light has grown as we anticipate this night. As, as we, we light, light the Christ, Christ candle, we recognize, we recognize that Jesus Christ, the light of the world, is born. Is born. He, he is, is the light that, that lights up every heart. Tonight, we celebrate the birth of our Lord. You'll find a responsive reading on the front of your bulletin as well as on the screens. We'll ask you to read responsively with us. Good news, unspeakable joy. A great light has burst forth, overcoming the darkness. A child is born for us. A son has been given. Bringing a kingdom of endless peace. We shall call him Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Come, let us see what God has brought us. Let us see what the Lord has done. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace and goodwill to all. Joy to the world, everyone. Let's stand together. We are glad that you're here. We want you to celebrate with us. So if you want to clap or stomp, at least smile, for we're glad for what we're celebrating. Joy to the world.
Joy to the world, everyone. For unto us a child is born, and we are awed in his presence this evening. For unto us a child is born, a son is given, a son is given. For unto us a child is born, a son is given, a son is given. The Messiah, oh, to see him, to see him Father, thank you. You may be seated. Well, amen. Welcome this evening to our Christmas Eve service. We are so glad that you are here worshiping with us today. I want to um, ask our men who's go- who are going to help us with the Lord's Supper to go ahead and come forward. And at this time, we're going to um, enter into a time of um, preparing our hearts for the Lord's Supper. And I want you to know that this table is open to every believer in this room. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, then we want to invite you, whether you're a member or not, to participate in the Lord's Supper. If um, you need some help, if you're unable to come forward, if you would just kind of wave your hand a little bit, and one of the gentlemen will will notice you, and they'll bring you um, the the cup and the, the bread. But this evening, we are going to come to the table for the Lord's Supper. Um, 
as we prepare, I mean, I, you know, we, we think about um, Christmas. I mean, we've been talking for the last several weeks and, and preparing our time, our, ourselves for the gift of Christmas through our, our messages and everything. But today is a day that we, that we celebrate, the day that, that God burst into human history to come and dwell among us. I mean, there is no greater gift that we could ever receive than Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus was born in a manger, but he didn't stay in that manger, did he? He lived a perfect life. He went to the cross and he died on the cross for our sin. His body was literally ripped apart for us and his life blood was shed so that it would cover a multitude of sins, including every sin in this room. If we would place our faith and trust in him, Jesus said that we will be forgiven and we will be given the gift of eternal life. If you haven't done that, there is no greater gift that you could receive this Christmas than Jesus Christ. Entering into your life, forgiving you of your sins, and becoming the Lord and Savior of your life. And so, if you're not a believer, um, as, as um, we pr- come to the table, I'm going to be standing over here to the side, and I would love to share with you more about how you can, can do that, okay? Um, the Bible says in Luke chapter 22, these are words that Jesus spoke in his final hour. But we read, and when the hour came, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread and when he gave thanks. He broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup, after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. So the bread represents Christ's broken body. The cup represents the blood that Jesus shed. And so as you eat the bread and as you drink of the cup, be reminded of what Jesus did for us. He, he didn't just come, and he wasn't just born in a manger. He didn't remain baby Jesus. He grew up into a man that died on the cross for our sins. And so that is why we are celebrating in this portion of our service, the Lord's Supper. And so let's stand together, okay? And as you feel led to come to the table, you can come up and grab a cup and 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 a piece of the bread, and you can, if you want to kneel at the altar, you can. If you want to um, drink and eat here at the front, you can do that, or you can take it back to your seat, and you can do it there, however you want to do it. But, but the only thing that I ask is, let's just take a moment um, to pray. I'm going to pray, and then I want you to put the amen on that prayer. When you feel led to come, you come, um, and, and then we will um, continue our service. Let's pray together. Father, we are just so grateful this evening that you have allowed us to come together to celebrate the day that you burst into human history and came to dwell amongst us. Father, we are so thankful that you didn't remain in the manger, but Lord, you went to the cross, you died on that cross for our sins, and you rose to life again three days later providing a way for every 
man, woman, student, and child in this room to enter into an eternal relationship with you. And so, Father, we celebrate today. We celebrate your birth. We celebrate your life. We celebrate your death. We celebrate the resurrection. We celebrate the ascension. We celebrate the gift of the Holy Spirit that you have provided every believer. And we celebrate the opportunity that we have today to worship you. Father, now as we do come to this table, may all of us come reflecting upon your goodness and your grace, your mercy, and your love. For it's in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. You come as you feel led.
So today, or this evening, we celebrate the day that Christ burst into human history. Um, as I was preparing for tonight, I came across a, um, uh, a little illustration about a six-year-old Sunday school class. Um, the six-year-old class was tasked by their teacher to put on a, um, a reenactment of the nativity scene. And so this is what they came up with. Okay, the teacher wanted them to stage it themselves based on, their own, based on their own understanding of the birth of Jesus. So they had three Marys, okay? They had two Josephs, six shepherds, two wise guys, one boy who played the cow, and one boy just decided on his own that he was going to be the doctor and he was going to deliver baby Jesus. And so this little doctor boy, he went back behind the manger and he grabbed the baby Jesus and he wrapped Jesus up in a, a blanket and he took Jesus to the Marys and Joseph and said this, congratulations, it's God. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the pressure of being told, congratulations, it's God? I remember the first time that I ever held Connor. Connor was about six pounds, some odd ounces, and I really thought I was going to break him. I thought I was going to drop him and he was going to shatter into a million pieces. According to Caitlin, I did drop her on her head once. I deny it, but apparently I did. But I cannot even imagine the pressure that, that Mary and Joseph must have been under when they realized that they are to care for God in the flesh here on earth. Think about that for just a moment. Can you imagine what they went through? Throughout this Christmas season, we have been celebrating Advent together as a faith family. And so if you're visiting with us um, this evening, we're so glad that you're here. But Advent means coming or arrival. It is centered around the word, centered around this word is a feeling of expectation, waiting, anticipation, and longing. For thousands of years, the people of God waited and waited and waited on the arrival of Jesus. The title of our Christmas series has been The Gifts of Christmas. So continuing with that theme this evening, let me share with you a few more of those gifts. The first one is this, the gift of his arrival. You know, what is the longest you have ever had to wait for something? I know growing up as a kid, from the day that Christmas ended to the next Christmas, that was the longest 365 days that I could, I mean, it was just so incredibly long, right? You remember that as a kid, how long it took for the next Christmas to arrive? You know, I couldn't wait to turn 16. I couldn't wait to turn 18. I couldn't wait to graduate from college. I couldn't wait to marry my wife. I couldn't wait for the day to arrive after we found out that we were going to have both Connor and Caitlin. I don't wait very well, but I've had to learn to do that. You know, for thousands of years, though, the people of God had to wait on the arrival 
of the Messiah. You know, growing up, uh, or not really growing up, in, in 1993, um, a song was written by a, a contemporary Christian artist by the name of Rich Mullins, and that song is entitled, You Gotta Get Up. And I used to love this song. Even I graduated in 1991, so I was already, you know, semi-adult, okay, when this song came out. Uh, out, but I still remember singing this as a young adult, even as I've grown as an adult, singing this on, on Christmas morning. But it goes, I thought Christmas Day would never come. But it's here at last, so mom and dad, the waiting's finally done. And you gotta get up, you gotta get up, you gotta get up, it's Christmas morning. Last night I heard reindeers on my roof. Well, you may think I'm exaggerating, but I swear I'm telling you the truth. And you gotta get up, you gotta get up, you gotta get up, it's Christmas morning. Did my sister get a baby doll? Did my brother get his bike? Did I get that red wagon, the kind that makes you fly? Oh, I hope there'll be peace on earth. I know there's goodwill toward men on account of the baby born in Bethlehem. Mom and dad stayed up too late last night. Oh, I guess they got carried away in the Christmas candlelight. And you got to get up. You got to get up. You got to get up. It's Christmas morning. Isn't that just such a great song? And so my prayer for you tomorrow morning as you're waking up, it's those words. You got to get up. You got to get up. You got to get up. It's Christmas morning. Because on Christmas morning, we celebrate the birth of Christ every day, I hope. But may tomorrow morning be a bit different because of, of the celebration that you're going to do because Jesus came to earth. Isaiah 9, 6 through 7 says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness for this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Thousands of years or hundreds of years before Jesus was born, the Lord gave these words to Isaiah. And Isaiah pinned them down for the world to read. It begins, for to us a child is born. What do these words tell us? They tell us a lot. They tell us that the baby born in Bethlehem over 2,000 years ago to Mary was fully human. Fully God, yes, but also fully human. That means Christ knew pain. He knew sorrow. He knew loss. He knew grief. He knew what it meant for his stomach to growl. He knew hunger. He knew thirst. He knew weariness and tired, uh, what it meant to be tired. He knew suffering as well. In John 1.14, we read, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, the story of Christmas is all about God taking on flesh. When God took on flesh, everything changed, didn't it? In Matthew 1.23, we read these words, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. You know, Dan, Danny and I have two amazing, beautiful children. 
Their birth is a miracle when you think about how God took my DNA and Danny's DNA and knit our DNA together to form two amazing children. Simply incredible. That the reality is that the birth of my children can be explained biologically. The birth of your children can be explained biologically. Your birth can be explained biologically. But Jesus did not come into the world the same way that you and I did. When Jesus came into the world, biology completely changed. Jesus was born of a virgin. Supernaturally, Mary became pregnant. There was no physical man that played a role. It was all God. Some of you may be here this evening. You just can't wrap your mind around why God would become man. He became man because he loved you so much that he changed biology so that you and I could experience his love, so that we could experience his grace, so that we could experience his mercy, and so that we could experience his redemption. This is significant. This is why you and I celebrate Christmas. We don't celebrate Christmas because the department stores are, are, are holding sales. We don't celebrate Christmas because Santa Claus is in the North Pole checking off a naughty and nice list. We celebrate Christmas because we fully understand that there is nothing more significant in all of human history than when God became man and dwelt among us. That's why we celebrate Christmas. That's worth celebrating, isn't it? Hundreds of years before Christ was born, Isaiah penned these words. He wrote, to us a child is born. To us a son is given. God did not come to this earth a fully grown man. He came as a helpless infant boy, born of a virgin to be raised by two peasant kids. The God who spoke creation into existence and established rules and order and upholds the world, allows the world to spin on its axis, is the one who came and was born and came and dwelt among us. Isaiah also reveals the gift of his name. In Isaiah 6, again, we read these words. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I want you to know this evening that Jesus is so much more than just a good man. Isaiah made that very clear. Hundreds of years before Jesus was born, he gave he was given these titles so that you and I could read these titles today for his name. He is wonderful. At the name of Jesus, you and I should be filled with wonder and awe. There are some things about Jesus that you and I just simply cannot understand beyond our comprehension. In Judges chapter 13, verse 18 we read these words, And the angel of the Lord said to him, Why do you ask my name, seeing it is wonderful? Jesus is so far beyond our comprehension at times. When we think about all of creation being spoken into existence, there's just some things that are beyond our feeble mind. But you know what we can understand? We can understand his love. We can understand his mercy and his grace. We can understand how he is wonderful in his words, in his works, and in his ways. That's God's love demonstrated for us. 
Romans 5, 8 says, God demonstrated his love to us in this one. We were yet sinners. Christ died for us. What a beautiful love story that is of what Jesus did while he was here. He is also counselor, meaning that Jesus is fit to guide our lives. And we can be certain that he will guide our lives as we pray to him, as we read his word, as we come together and study both in small groups and in large groups like this, we can experience the counsel of the Lord. And God's counsel is always right. He is also mighty God. He is mighty. Mighty means hero. It refers to God as being strong, immense, and invincible. Most of us in this room love a good superhero movie, don't we? I know I do. I love a Marvel movie. I love the DC movies. I love Star Wars. I love, you know, just the superhero movies. I love it whenever the, the hero wins in the end. Well, we have a superhero in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus rose up and became the ultimate superhero for us all. He defeated death. He defeated sin. He defeated Satan, and he defeated the grave. And he is also our everlasting Father. He is everlasting. He is the great I Am, the beginning and the end. He is our Father. He is our life source. He brought us into being, and he is the sustainer of each and every breath that we breathe. In John 1, 1, we read, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. As our Father, we can be certain that He loves us, that He supports us, that He sustains us, that He comforts us, and He provides for us. Jesus is also the Prince of Peace. In, in Luke 2.14, we read, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom He is pleased. That is, those are the words that the angels pronounced. To the shepherds. We read those words from the stage as the service was beginning. God in the highest. God radiates holiness. And he came to this earth and zipped up his glory and his deity with humanity and came and dwelt among us. And he did this to provide for us salvation's peace. Do you have salvation peace in you? The peace of knowing that you are a child of God. A child of, as a child of God, you have been embraced by God for all of eternity. Not just for this small window that we're here on this earth, but for all of eternity. If you would place your faith and trust in him. And Matthew, the angel told Joseph that he would be Emmanuel, God with us. He is Jesus. On this day around the world, millions of people are celebrating the coming of Jesus, aren't they? Like us, they are singing together, they are praying together, they are reading together, they are studying together, they are celebrating together. They're celebrating Christ. However, many, many, many more simply see Jesus as some terrible lie that must be eradicated from history. 
eradicated from our history books, eradicated from our government and our schools. And I'm not just talking about America. I'm talking about around the world. There is oppression that is happening amongst believers. There is the removal of Jesus from entire continents, per se. Why? Because people fear Jesus. Folks, with the arrival of Jesus came the fulfillment of his first advent. You talk about the perfect gift when Jesus came, but there's also a promise of another gift to come, and that is the gift of his advancement. Isaiah makes it clear that with the coming of Jesus will come a righteous judge, a judge who would rule justly and rightly 100% of the time. In Isaiah 9-7, we read, Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Jesus will rule and judge rightly for all of eternity. He will establish peace on earth, not just peace in our hearts one day. In John 14, 1 through 3, Jesus spoke these words, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. There is going to come a day when one or two things are going to happen. Either Jesus Christ is going to return for believers, if you and I are still alive, he will return for us and snatch us away in a moment's notice. Or one day we're going to close our eyes in eternity. And as believers, we will, we will be um, resurrected to be in the very presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is going to be an amazing gift that we get one day when we're able to see Jesus Christ face to face. Do you know Jesus this evening. If you don't, what is keeping you from coming to know him? The Bible says in Romans 6.23, it says the wages of sin is death. Sin separates us from God. But notice this gift here. It says, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Salvation is a free gift. Jesus came to this earth to provide a way for us to enter into a relationship with him. And it, 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 there, it's a free gift. We don't have to pay anything. We don't have to do anything. We don't have to arrive at anything. We simply have to trust Jesus and receive the gift of salvation that he wants to provide for us. If you don't know Jesus this evening, what's keeping you from coming to know him? What's keeping you from turning your life over to him and placing your faith and trust in him? Here's what we can be certain of. Jesus is the hope bringer. Jesus is the love provider. He is the joy giver. And he is the peace maker. Do you have those characteristics of who Christ is in you? If not, why not? You know, tomorrow, we're all going to have the opportunity to celebrate Christmas. And my prayer for each of us is that we do not miss the Christ in Christmas. You know, there's going to be a lot of wrapping paper that's going to be flying 
in y'all's living rooms. Maybe that's going to happen tonight. Maybe it'll happen tomorrow. Maybe it may not happen for a couple of days. I don't know what it is, but my prayer is this, that all of us will begin our Christmas celebrations as a family around His Word, through in prayer, and celebrating His goodness, celebrating His grace, celebrating His mercy, and celebrating the gift that He has provided us all, and that is life. You know, as we close out our service this, this evening, um, we're going to sing um, a, a favorite hymn of, our, our, of all of ours, Silent Night. And at the conclusion of our service, if you have questions about how you can come to know Christ, if you don't know Christ, find me. I would love to share with you more about how you can enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'd love to share with you the, the greatest gift that you could receive this Christmas or any Christmas and the greatest gift that you could share with someone else as well. We all know people that don't know Jesus. Let's share the gift of salvation with them. Okay, Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we do thank you for your love. We thank you for demonstrating that love. When you left heaven full of all of its glory and came and dwelt amongst us. Father, you were clothed with humanity. You had this very same flesh that we have, the very same blood flowing through your veins that we do. And Lord, we thank you for that that you're able to relate to anything and everything that we're going through. And Father, we thank you for going to the cross and dying on that cross for our sin. We thank you for shedding your life's blood so that every man, woman, student, and child in this room could experience eternal life through faith in you. So Father, I pray as we conclude our service that as we sing this song, Silent Night, we'll sing this to you. Father, we will worship you. We will be grateful for you. Father, just move now, even as we conclude our time together. We love you and we thank you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together.
Christmas, thank you for being here tonight. You're dismissed.